And now a message from our sponsor. Hey everybody, it's Bootleg Captain, Captain Bootlegs here. Yeah. If you're like me, I bet you're enjoying this Toys, Toys on, on Tap, Tap podcast. Yeah, I am enjoying it, it's very nice. But did you know you can enjoy it more just by joining that Patreon? Oh, I did not know that. There are so many cool perks available on the Patreon for you. There's and also and Wow, that's really a lot of stuff if you ask Bootleg Captain. Captain I don't bootleg. understand. There were noises I couldn't hear with the person. So join today to support Toys on Tap podcast and Bootleg Art Toys. But if you're not in a position to join the Patreon, head on over to Apple iTunes and review and subscribe. That helps out the channel as well. Okay, I'll go rate it, I guess. And remember, listen to Toys, Toys on, on Tap. Captain Bootleg, the bootleg captain sent you. Why does he keep referring to himself in the third Can person? I stop with the stupid voice now? I'm not sure why you made me want to sound like a pirate. Oh, so that was a fake voice. Oh, yucko! I didn't realize it was just pretend voice. Oh, okay. Awesome, awesome. I'm so stoked. I can't tell you enough how stoked I am. Really? <laughs> yeah, th- I know it sounds crazy. There was like the Ragnar figure has been like something that I have stared at constantly. Uh, I like kick myself in the butt for missing certain things. Like, there's oh, dude. It. But it's like, it is so, so, so awesome. Dude, thank you so much. That means so much to me. Um, like every time I hear it from like a creator or another collector, it's just like, first and foremost, I made this thing for me. There it <laughs> I is. Made there it, it is. I made it. I made it for me first. Yeah. And just by happenstance, other people actually like it. And yeah. every time that I hear somebody is stoked, I'm like, yes, yes. Oh my gosh! Hold that bad boy up one more time. Yeah. We're going to reference it more than this, but okay. I'm so stoked that it's here. There we yeah. go. Oh, and I've got uh, a bunch of them over here, so I'll, I'll be pulling up different versions every now and then. Yeah. <laughs> so before we start anything, I like yeah. to break the ice. Super easy thing. Uh-huh. You tell – how old are you? I Oh, shit. How old am I? Um, <laughs> that wasn't even the hard question. No, no, no. Uh, like I stopped counting after I turned 25. Oh, hey, um, that's okay. You're in your so maybe 30s? I'm, I'm 33. I'm 33, yeah. I think. 33. I, I have so, another friend who's two weeks older than me, and yeah. I just ask him, how old are we? <laughs> 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 that's, I usually do the same thing. My best friend is uh, like a year and a couple months younger than me. And mm-hmm. most times, like I'll be talking and he'll be like, you're not that old. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> like, well, sorry, my bad. So uh, now that I know your age, this question is perfect. Growing up, tell me your thoughts, ins and outs of Beanie Babies. Beanie Babies. Oh, mm. I definitely had some. Um, I definitely went to McDonald's a couple times to try and find the McDonald's releases and everything. Yeah. Um, I don't think I was as into it as my other classmates and other kids in the neighborhood, but I definitely did have some. Uh, my younger brother uh you know he was really into stuffed animals just all around uh so he liked them a little bit more but um i'm i'm they were cool at the time yeah. i mean the time they are was, what they are yeah they are what they are i uh, i like that you brought up the happy meal ones yeah recently i was looking i was gonna think of a project to do with the and they i saw a bunch of them in a thrift store mm-hmm. And I, it was funny. I was looking at them and I found a bunch of different ones and I was like putting them in a pile. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. and I would go find another one, put it in the pile, but it was still on the shelf. Like I still hadn't committed <laughs> and I was doing it. And then this lady, Karen haircut, she looked uh, like she collected beanie babies, yeah. walked up, put her thing up next to the shelf and just scooped them all in. And I was like, I can't yeah. fight you for it. Cause then you're going to know that I wanted them. So yeah. <laughs> damn. Yeah. Damn. And they were all like 30 cents. And I, it was like, Oh, oh it doesn't even it's, it's really weird. So I, I it was that documentary that came out. Uh, was it Netflix or the Beanie I, I Mania? Yeah, the Beanie yeah. Mania. And uh, I just recently started seeing uh, some Twitch streamers auctioning them off and like reselling them because you know their grandparents passed yeah. away, and I, I just thought that was like, oh, geez, we're back, we're back. <laughs> yeah, which is so, which is crazy. I mean, this goes into like toy market stuff, right? Yeah. Um, I don't know if you did. You watch the Beanie Mania? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did. So I I enjoyed it. One of the guys in there, they call him the Beanie Meanie or something like that. I don't know. He was the one that was uh, yeah, like yeah, crapping yeah. on people. Yeah. Um. He had made reference to it's basically like it's only worth what someone will pay for it, and like yeah. its value is only there from the secondary mm-hmm. market. Mm-hmm. Tell me that doesn't like kind of cut to the core of all of us though, because like all of us are selling oh, stuff, dude. You like the secondary market will really uh you know stamp that financial worth on something um in in every single aspect of like collecting or producing or anything like that and it's like if somebody you know since we live in a capitalist you know like if you know money equals worth Mm -hmm. and uh, that's how we you know show and congratulate people by like you know applying that dollar sign to whatever they create so like oh dude yeah i i in in a perfect world we could all make toys and enjoy it for the craft and uh just enjoy and congratulate each other for just making cool stuff but there is that strive to you know make it economically feasible and it's it's really tough (laughs) yeah i think about that a lot and then i think about um there, uh, I had a, I don't remember who came on. They said some phrase that cut me to my core as well. They said, mm-hmm. basically every toy maker or every figure maker or whatever you want to call it, we are mm-hmm. all just moving money around because we're oh, buying as well. It, it's a meme, uh, that I saw and it's, it, it's one of those art creator memes. It's yeah. like, Hey, we're getting really tired of passing the same hundred dollars around to each other. Yeah. <laughs> Can somebody else start buying this stuff? <laughs> 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 I always think about that when we do yeah. like toy shows or sell with DKE or do whatever, mm-hmm. like at, at designer con, how many times mm-hmm. do the artists, they're like, Hey, can someone watch my booth? I need to go buy stuff real quick. Oh, like, dude. Yeah, like, it's like, man, you're, that means you just spent, like, you're not even going to break even now because of that. Dude. Yeah. You, the, the moment you step away from your booth, it's like a ticking time bomb of just like, Oh, okay. Whatever money that you made is, now going to somebody else well like you also have to think what what are, what are you trying to do here yeah. are you trying to move units and get funds and like make money which is you know some people's sole ambition in this thing yeah uh or are you out there trying to make cool stuff and collect cool stuff and support people doing cool things there we go like there's you know there, okay so i have two things and then we'll get started we haven't yeah, even yeah, hit yeah. the interview part i yet. know i know it's <laughs> like so <laughs> they're like 
I, I heard the story. I love TikTok. I love mm-hmm. TikTok so much. I don't know. It's stupid. I'm 31 years dude, old. It's so dude, dude, I, I am obsessed with it. I'm on it every single day. Like, just go That's, on. Okay, so then <laughs> are we just like you have your own TikTok account? Do you, you guys make videos and everything? Dude, I tried like a year ago and yeah. I just, I couldn't really, I have enough problems trying to do Instagram yep. and Twitter and I'm just like, okay, for, for me, it's like, I'll go two weeks without posting anything because I'm working. Yeah, It's one or the other. It's like, I am working or I'm posting. And like, I really can't juggle both. And for me, you know, uh, I'm sure you get this too, as like a creator is like, yeah. I want it to like, you know, have a good frame, good lighting. Yeah. I want to make sure that this actually looks good. I don't want to be just shooting trash and like throwing it up and then like, eventually i get like tired of it of just like overthinking yeah. of it and i'm just like hey i'm gonna post a picture of my socks deal yep. with it <laughs> and then you're like my engagement was down it was like yeah you posted your socks bro yeah exactly yeah. uh only, well, only 30 likes on that picture right. perfect and i, I <laughs> i'm trying to understand instagram and tiktok as a whole in general mm-hmm. right like mm-hmm. uh Man, this wasn't even part of the two things I wanted to talk about. But all right, like, no, you're good. We'll get there. <laughs> yeah, we'll get there. <laughs> I keep thinking, like when, when I so with Instagram, getting ten yeah. percent like of your followers to like your thing, uh huh, is sometimes not achievable. And I learned that. So this week on the podcast, I have Ace mm-hmm. of Clay, mm-hmm. two hundred thousand followers, and some of his posts are getting like seven or eight thousand likes which is insane to me right Mm -hmm. and then yeah (laughs) right like the number grows but the number also grows yeah and so for me like i have 2100 followers on my creator account and Mm -hmm. i'll post something and pull 30 likes and in my heart i'm like that hurts yeah then it's like i'm getting the same percentages as other people but it just is such a small Mm -hmm. number Mm mm-hmm and yeah, it, something the bigger it the bigger the pool, you know, you could have a million, but yeah. it would still only be seven, ten percent of that million. Yeah. Um, it's just a bigger pool to pull from. And like I, you know, whenever I go on Instagram, I still look at cool stuff and be like, oh, that's neat. Yeah. I want to sit there and like every single one. But you I, don't. I don't. I Neither save do I. I save a lot of stuff though. And then I try messaging those people and be like, hey, that is actually really cool. What what painting technique did you use for the elbows yeah. or or whatever? But I'm an insane person like that where I'm just constantly like, hey, what's up? You want to talk? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So and with that, it's like also on Toys on Tap, my favorite thing is these like toy videos I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Where it's mm-hmm. like uh, I don't know. I don't know if you've seen. I do all kinds. No, of I I I caught a couple of them, and I know that you're reposting them to Instagram. And I've been meaning to hop on TikTok and follow you and interact yeah. with some of them. And so, yeah, and it's been fun. And on so what's crazy to me, nine hundred and something followers on Toys on Tap, but I'll get like three thousand views on those. But then you Dude. go to like tiktok and it's like maybe 200 and something followers and i can't get traction for shit mm-hmm. i don't know what it, i don't know i don't know the algorithm dude, i don't know dude it it's since it's so saturated and so curated yep. um you, once you find that niche once you like hit that one viral tiktok or that one yeah. interaction it's just going to be a tidal wave to all your other videos That's like i dude I, I was following this one guy because he 
uh, who, what, fuck, what was it? Um, it? It was like a dead TikTok, you know, maybe mm. 50 followers. And then he did uh, some like kind of skit kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was about uh, the theme of, of his TikTok. I, sorry, I'm really blanking on it right now. But uh, I went and tuned back in and that thing had like 50,000 likes and, you know, yeah. like brought the, the account back from the dead. And uh, sometimes it only takes that. And then you're like, okay, well, how did that work? Why did that work? Was it the sound that I used? Was it the cut? Was it the topic? Was it so? Trying to figure it out. Yeah. So Occasionally, like, I'll find, sorry, go on, go on. on. Wait, no, I want to hear it. You'll find what? No, 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 I'll I'll find a a TikTok, like an account that has, like, guys doing time-lapse illustrations and, like, beautiful paintings and stuff like that. And they have, like, 20 followers yeah and they're great and they're amazing and great but you know whatever tags or whatever whatever songs they use they don't gain any traction but then i'll also find other accounts of people like trying to do that skit stuff and it's 400 videos of the same thing of like them in the mirror like talking to themselves and like trying to parrot other videos and it's uh it's it's very strange (laughs) yeah and it's i mean i I don't know whatever it is i still love tiktok yeah oh yeah i'm Um, addicted to it (laughs) yeah and 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 people that are like they're like (laughs) excuse me they're like hey why like what are you watching it for Mm because i love the dopamine rush like oh yeah yeah it's the chase yeah it's i will chase that dragon Mm -hmm. until Mm -hmm. my dying day dude oh i i like oh it's like i open up tiktok and three hours goes by it's like wait what and each video is one minute long 30 Uh, seconds sometimes and And you're still like i saw what gets me is at the end of three hours you could say like i saw 200 videos i remember nothing yeah it's just like the automatic reset and maybe one one or two of those like you know you're in the coal mines Mm -hmm. you know every time every now and then you get a diamond and then you're like ah i almost lost my mind because i was laughing so hard or or whatever there's a couple that like i've reached out to on instagram and i'm like hey i want to turn you into a toy because you are too funny dude it's so awesome that's that's cool that's um So, uh, and so the two things I wanted to get to after Mm. our little sidetrack. So the one thing I saw, there's a principle that actually goes around with money making or uh, money, uh, what is it? Debt collecting or something where um, there's a guy that owes money. Someone pays him and he owes money to a debt collector. And then he gives that same amount of money to that debt collector and they keep going. And then eventually the last person owes the original guy money. And it was like a hundred dollars moved through like 30 people, but oh, no wow. one, but nothing happened. No debt was forgiven, nothing. And so it was like, it just kept going. Isn't it weird? It's so insane. Money is imaginary. And I'm here to tell you on Toys on Tap that we don't believe in money. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the last thing uh, is, I don't know if you've seen them. It's these, I don't, I don't even know who created them. It's on my phone. And I stare at them all the time. I need to buy it. There's five series and each series has five birds in it. And they're doing like a karate stance, each one of them. And they're like these art toys. And I don't know what it is, but we were talking. Uh, have you, yeah, I don't know that one. Well, dude, I look at toys all day, every day. Yeah, so it's like, I'm I've probably it seen you. it in passing. Yeah. And they're, but, it's phenomenal. But yeah. it, it reminded me, it, 
I got thinking of it because we had talked about like, oh, you want to collect cool shit or like mm-hmm. make, and that is, it means nothing to anyone. My mm-hmm. wife's parents will come over, they'll see it on my wall, and they're like, "You're uh, an idiot." Yeah. Just oh. Okay. Yeah, and I'm like, but you don't understand what it took for them to get to a factory that made that. You have dude, no idea, dude. Yeah. Dude, they you don't understand. Yeah, <laughs> that's always the phrase I start with. You don't understand. Thank you. I appreciate your input. Yeah, yeah. You have added nothing to my life. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so we're here for you. I'm stoked about it. Before we go any further, please introduce yeah. yourself. Tell us what you do. Hi, my name is Christopher Hillseth. I um, am co-owner of Last Fashion Studios with my business partner, Wes Allard, and I make uh, kaiju toys. Um, yeah, you do. One of which is our little kaiju buddy, Ragnar. Mm. Ragnar! Oh, I love it. Yeah, so he's a character in the comic book series, Ragnar, and uh, he's a kaiju that has a, a big cannon stuck on his arm. and yeah, it's a crazy long story, and I could definitely get really into it really quick, but yeah. uh, I'm sure you have other questions for me. <laughs> oh, we're going there. We're, we're going to save a question yeah. for this for that, for sure. Oh, yeah. Um, so before we go anywhere towards toy making, mm-hmm. uh, I love to start and to give people kind of a view of where mm-hmm. you started. So tell me, growing up, what was that relationship with toys like? What's that looking like? Oh man, I know you sent me those questions and like I started making little notes yeah. and, uh, you know, it's been, you know, a good couple of years be- since I've actually thought about the origins of my toy collecting, but, um, we interrupted this broadcast of toys on top to bring you this. Meanwhile, the galaxy of bootleg treasures. DOV2, we have an engine failure. We almost crash land on DKE toy planet. Oh my, we're doomed. <laughs> Wait! Salvation! Hooray! We've saved DLP2! Limited edition custom artist made action figures and DKE toys! Check out www.dkatoys.com for a full catalog. Hooray for custom action figures! DKE! Pretty much. Uh, so I was born in 89, you know, tail end of the, the 80s. Uh, so there was, I have three older sisters and a, a lot of their toys that they used to have, um, you know, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I think some of them had Transformers and like a whole bunch of, you know, the, the big ones, um, you know, G.I. Joe and yeah. all that stuff. Like I definitely had some hand-me-downs of that. And I was a serious Transformers collector serious transformers collector from the beginning um, including oh, all the series and the g1 things? g2 g3 were like my prime time okay. and then uh i did get into beast wars pretty heavily and then yeah. kind of fell off because of i'm sure we'll get into it like family ups and downs but um for the most part uh you know Transformers, model kits, monster model kits. Uh, I had those infamous uh, die-cast fighter jets that everybody had and broke that I think they're called like steel screamers or or something like that, where no matter which kid that you talk to, all the propellers were broken off of all the planes. Just like nobody had a complete thing. Um, Trying to think. Uh, Power Rangers, definitely. I was a part of the Power Rangers fan club um you know had the mail away sign certificates and everything yep. 
uh, you know, uh, creep, you know, definitely I've got scars from creepy crawlers, uh, you know, putting those, those die cast molds and burning your hand, pulling them out. That was probably my, my number one first experience of like, actually like toy making, of getting scarred for life by those. (laughs) I'm sure looking back, I remember seeing those commercials and it's like, what the hell were we doing? Dude, like I, I was looking up the, the toys this morning and I was just like, Jesus, it's like a repurposed easy bake oven that we just put metal in and just hope for the best. And we were left to our own devices. Like, yeah, I didn't really have any parental, you know, oversight on most of that stuff. And like, uh, yes, hot is hot. Don't touch hot, but toy in hot thing. So got to get yeah, toy. like don't touch hot, <laughs> which means I need to touch hot. Yes. So <laughs> it was definitely a learning educational, you know, toy. Yeah, for sure. Um, let's see. Uh, what else? There was snailians. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people don't know about snailians. Do you know about snailians? Yep. Oh, God. Yes. Yes. All right. I owned none, but oh, I, my, I had friends that had, and I was like, whoa, what are those? Yeah. Do you like yeah. the mecha, like snail? alien robot things they're so cool yeah um zbots i'm sure mm-hmm. you know zbots uh let's see uh did you ever have battle planets do you know what battle planets are so it's kind of around the like the micro machine so. mighty max era like the next version generation of that mm-hmm. it was kind of like one of those like okay they had a toy let's try and make a tv show but it didn't mm-hmm. quite work there might have been like one or two episodes i i actually don't remember it's more of a fever dream for me but i just remember these like weird you know it, it's the frost planet and it opens yeah. up and it looks like a frost cavern where it's the lava oh, planet yeah. and it's a giant volcano blah 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 um Let's see. What what else did I have? I, of course, Mighty Max, Legos, yeah. Robotech, uh, Exo Squad, and you know, a whole bunch of other random stuff that I can't remember. But yeah, yeah. So you <laughs> would you say that like you just got lucky and your parents were like, yeah, let's just buy whatever oh, toys we can. Yeah. So I did have a lot of toys growing up. That that is for sure. Like when mm-hmm. I was a little kid, um, I definitely was. Uh, um i guess privileged enough to to have parents that bought me toys like that um later in life i learned that it was more of just like you know uh kind of like a babysitting technique uh so you know uh family of five my parents were you know in the the 80s and the 70s they're heavy partiers uh Mm -hmm. they were alcoholics and kind of just like were off on their own most of the time so you know whatever they could get to like kind of of course, my mom would buy me stuff because she loved me and like cared yeah. about me and, you know, wanted me to, uh, uh, you know, get, get stuff and be happy. But it was from, from like hindsight, it was definitely like, okay, let's get them some stuff to play so we can go out yeah. and go play. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it wasn't always like that later on in life, you know, it got a little rough, but, mm-hmm. um, yeah, uh, a lot of the crazy cool toys uh, back in the 90s and 80s. Did you get um, to a point where you, um, we all go through that phase, right? We either get rid of toys, toys get given away, we find girls, like whatever that is. What was that point for you? For me, that was 12 years old. So 
I, I guess it kind of happened early on uh, for me in my toy collecting career. <laughs> um, but uh, so my parents got divorced and it was a utter war of yeah. a divorce that, you know, went all the way up until I was 18, um, from 12 to 18. So, uh, yeah, I don't know how much you want to know on, on this toy podcast, but, uh, it's up to you. I, I, oh, okay. I can, yeah, yeah. yeah, I can relate to the divorce and the torn home. So yeah. however much so, you yeah. want to share. So yeah, I, I'm, I'm comfortable with sharing, but like, as far as your listeners, I guess I, I don't know. They're about to get a backseat to it. And I love it. Yeah. So, um, parents got divorced uh my mom went into rehab and mm-hmm. you know thankfully uh she's you know uh sober now um and she's doing quite well and i absolutely love her for it um however the the divorce when uh it happened you know the house was sold off the yeah. uh you know i got the speech from my dad that was like uh you're no longer a kid you don't need these anymore Yep. type of thing and you know what like I couldn't put into some small boxes got either given away trash thrown like donated like late like all that stuff so and for me it was like it was really tragic because like you know I had a couple friends Mm -hmm. but like everybody's got that one toy that is like your buddy like either Optimus Prime or whoever, like, you know, and so a lot of my toys, I spent a lot of time with, uh, you know, creating backstories, you know, digging trenches in the yard, making like, you know, the, the Hoth, you know, battle and like, you know, recreating all the cool movies that I saw and spent a lot of time with them. But, uh, you know, having all that stuff like ripped away, uh, you know, definitely. Oh yeah, totally. So there was like a lot of ups and downs for a couple of years of me, like, uh, not having toys or comic books or anything like that. And then when I was like 14 or 15, um, I think this is when my mom was, she finally got like a, an apartment, a decent apartment. Mm -hmm. And, uh, we got enough money for her to take me to my first comic book convention. And I was like, yeah. so psyched. Oh my God, at Pasadena, uh, you know, there's going to be a whole bunch of crazy cool collectors. I saw that they had Gundam kits and like other stuff. And I was so psyched. And like, this is definitely like one of my, my favorite stories to tell because uh, I am a huge uh, Rocketeer fan mm-hmm. and like, true sense of the word literally like i literally rented that movie over 200 plus times my mom even tried buying it from blockbuster they said no because it's their only copy and it went (laughs) out of print and i was the only one renting it so like they they knew it was a, a cash cow for them so um like, you know, even when I was a little kid, my mom made uh, like a paper mache jet pack covered in tin foil yeah. with like little streamers. And I would run around, you know, pretending that I was Cliff Secord and like saving Jenny and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, so when I went to that that convention, um, I was looking at these Gundam kits and I was like, oh, this is so cool. It's got a jet pack. And, you know, I started going like this with the box and the the guy who's you know slinging the kits he's like oh you like jetpacks i'm like yeah 
It's like, do you like the Rocketeer? I was like, yeah, of course. Well, look behind you. Dave Stevens is sitting at that booth and he created the Rocketeer. Holy moly. And like one of the first times that I ever felt like jumping out of my skin, mm-hmm. like my whole body was on fire. Like I was getting chased by a tiger Yeah, and like, I slowly like turned and I was like, Oh my God. And you know, classic Dave Stevens, if you ever seen him really cool dude, just emanating, just like, I am the yeah. coolest dude in the room uh, with like uh, a really hot, like Betty page esque mm-hmm. lady friends. I don't know if they were dating, but she was hanging out with him. And so I walk over to him and I'm like, oh, hey, Dave Stevens or Mr. <laughs> Stevens. Oh, I'm a really big fan. And like, just totally, you know, starstruck, you know, yeah. hero. And the guy was so kind to me. And he's like, oh, awesome. You really like The Rocketeer? I'm like, yeah, I can quote the movie right now. He's like, oh, that's so cool. Here, have a poster. I'm like, oh, my God. Can you sign this? It's my birthday today. He's like, it's your birthday. Here, take every single one of these Rocketeer prints. I'm going to sign all of them. Here's a pin. And, you know, my mom came over and she flipped out even more than I was. Because it was like, you don't know. Yeah. (laughs) You don't know how many times this kid has watched this movie. But uh, like that, that whole experience, like definitely was like a light at the end of the tunnel of just like uh, his kind of, you know, embracing the the fan and kind of love and respect of that kind of like relationship of just like being a really cool down to earth dude uh, really was just like, I, I want to be in this space. I, yeah. I want to get back to the comic books and get back to the toys. And uh, ever since then, it was like, you know, life stuff was happening, but I was always trying to reach back and either draw comics or get back mm-hmm. into it that way. Man, you had right. tears like coming like up to oh, my dude, eyes. Dude, like. Holy moly. Very emotional. <laughs> yeah, like, like, I can't imagine like holding on or like having that kind of experience, especially with mm-hmm. what's going on mm-hmm. to have that experience to pull yeah. you out of, it almost pulls you out of the, the reality of what's going on. Oh yeah. It gives you a whole new reality of like, Hey, this cool ass guy just wants to see you. Dude. Yeah. And like, he was not like, all right, next kid or, or next yeah. person. He actually sat there and was just like listening to me and like my story of just like how much I loved his characters and the movie that he made. And, uh, you know, he, yeah, it was just like, he was such a really cool person. Um, and I'm so glad that I met him because uh, apparently at the time, he had stomach cancer and I think oh. he passed away the, the next year after that, or yeah. maybe two years after that, but um, probably one of the greatest meetings of like, you know, they say, don't meet your heroes, but like that Go guy. Meet them. Yeah. 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 Go meet them. Find out, find out yeah. if they're cool. Like, cause you, you might just have that kind of interaction where it's like, I'm going to remember that till my dying breath. Of yeah. Just the kindness. Do you still have those prints, by the way? Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, I can pull one off of the wall real quick. Oh, I don't my know gosh, if you do yes. video. Yeah, let's do uh, it. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, man. I've got, like, a little Rocketeer shrine set up. 
Uh, oh, that's actually a little taller than. Hold on. Give me like a minute. There we go. Excuse me, now it's you. <laughs> Maybe I will leave some of this in there. E- equal, equal. Oh, equal. shit. <laughs> I fall down and then just can't get back up. Well, I'm going to record from yeah. you on the ground. So if you okay. get down, I'm sorry. All right. So hopefully there's not too much glare. And my mom had the, like, going back to my mom, right. I, again, if, if I could dedicate my episode to anybody, it's her. She but she... She even got this yeah. thing framed, and oh it's my gosh, it's beautiful. I don't know if you could read it, but it says "Happy Birthday, Chris" oh in there somewhere. Gosh. But yeah, this thing—it's beautiful. Oh, so good. So you're at this point where you get these dope prints. Um, yeah, your mom has it framed, and you guys are having this this cool moment between you and your mom too in the instability yeah. that's happening. At what point do you start clicking back in with toys? So um, when I got my first job, uh, so it was kind of like a, a, a slow buildup over a couple of years. Okay. And it was kind of like different industries handshaking into a, a, another one. Yeah. And I had gotten my, my first job at 16 because, uh, you know, we were broke and, um, you know, families on welfare from time to time. And, yeah. you know, it was tough making ends meet. And my mom was just like, you got to get a job so you can pay for your stuff and put money for groceries and uh, yeah. start helping with rent, blah, blah, blah. So I got a job at uh, the Lemley in Pasadena. It's a little independent uh, movie theater. And it was like the best first job getting into, you know, independent movies and foreign films and all that stuff. And I was working there for, you know, the course of the next five years of working there and going to school and going to college. So I wanted to get into film. Mm -hmm. And uh, as I graduated high school, uh, I started uh, working on independent movies. Mm -hmm. Um, I started getting really into the prop making side of things. Yeah. And, uh, I worked on a couple commercials, uh, for like Capital One and, uh, a couple other things. And, uh, it started really dawning on me that, you know, for, film you can definitely specialize you can mm-hmm. be you know the the camera team or, or or whatever but like if you are able to just be the swiss army knife and be able to sculpt draw graphic design do this and do this do this you're gonna have so much more work yeah. coming your way so um i could draw a little bit i could paint a little bit and uh the only thing that i really hadn't tried in a while was sculpting and so I went to Art Center and they had this like uh, fundamentals, classical, uh, like traditional art class taught by Christopher Slatoff. Mm-hmm. And he's a famous traditional uh, sculptor. And he does like a lot of these amazing bronze work statues for like colleges and cathedrals. And you can see he did George Pepperdine for Pepperdine Mm. University. And uh, he did like the famous Illustrated Man and actually helped, uh, you know, re-sculpt that that plaster. And um, anyways, uh, I got an apprenticeship with Mr. Slatoff, uh, Chris. And 
um, he had like a little studio at this foundry in, um, I think it was technically Glendale. It's like at the end of the two, like Burbank, Atwater, mm. like that kind of area. And um, it was a foundry and like they were doing metal casting and making statues and i saw what other artists were doing and you know there was street art and there was all this kind of stuff and i was dating this girl at the time and uh i don't know if i should say her dad's name but uh he <laughs> was a uh a really uh he was a toy sculptor Okay. And, you know, he did prototyping in the toy industry for a lot of the big names of Gentle Giant, Sideshow, and all the other guys. And he helped out a lot of other street artists create their works and do, you know, full scale statues and whatnot. And that bond between my ex girlfriend's dad and myself over sculpting. Uh, kind of like started adjusting my 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 perspective of like what I wanted to do mm-hmm. and like then um, he started showing me uh, I guess he worked with uh, um, I think it was Nathan Hamill like uh, his original Boris uh, squirrel uh, character and like um, one of the first designer cons that I ever went to was like I think 2009 Wow. Um, in the really small, small room, uh, mm-hmm. where it was like just a handful of graffiti artists and like some resin slingers and like yeah. some printmakers. Like it was one of the first ones. And, uh, that was kind of like after that first designer con, it was like, oh, okay. This is how where do, I'm at. How do I get into this? Yeah. This is the fun stuff. Yeah. Um, so, uh, unfortunately the the relationship with that that girl you know ended and um you know i just got the bug of like wanting to create cool stuff and like either be pop uh culture you know like the graffiti street style uh like the dunny or 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 whatever or you know more sci-fi fantasy-esque you know statues so i started looking for jobs uh you know with companies that i had seen um and one of them was Gentle Giant. And that was my first kind of real job in the industry. However, I, I just worked customer service. Uh, I was, I was the, but hey, the, you know, the, the trajectory of that job, yeah. um, you know, was, you know, it was, it was good. Yeah. It, you know, in hindsight, you know, there is problems with the company and, you know, there's personalities and all that stuff you know like with every you know big company you're going to run into those type of people but uh the exposure to all the artists there the exposure to all the conventions uh that i went to because of it was monumental in like my growth and understanding of like the business side of it so I started as a customer service rep, mm-hmm. and then I was on every single forum, statue forum, uh, Rebel Scum, uh, like yes, Rebel uh, Scum. Toy Arc, you know, yeah. all of them. I was the main guy. You you can go to my old threads still on those websites, and I'm Dreamwalker. That, that's it. my handle. So if you look that up, you'll still see me, like, uh, hanging out in there. You need to but, log in and <laughs> just be like, I'm back. <laughs> oh, occasionally I pop into the, the old thread on uh rebel scum um like 
I was so in it with the customers and like, yeah. I cared so much about those people. Uh, you know, a lot of them were very misunderstood. You know, a lot of them were like collecting was their life and that's how they expressed themselves. And, yeah. you know, some of them had disabilities where they couldn't speak or, you know, it, it was a hard time communicating, mm-hmm. um, you know, just like we are now. So they, they would often be kind of like, boxed into just only being able to type or even only being able to tell somebody to type for them on these forums yeah and these guys were like of course they were particular about their stuff Mm -hmm. they're like if some paint apps were wrong or the packaging was damaged and it's like their collection was a reflection of themselves so if the pieces weren't perfect they themselves were in in their yeah. mind it was like you know they, they didn't want to be viewed as incomplete or broken mm-hmm. um or or whatever but um so with with, with all that like uh with the customer outreach and like the the forums and all that stuff they they eventually noticed like oh psh, dude you're your pr like you here's the social media accounts like they're yeah. dead anyways we don't know how to use instagram or twitter like they barely had like a couple hundred uh followers on each one and i eventually took that stuff and just ran with it and mm-hmm. like you know there wasn't a formula there was like any partnerships that they had or anything like that um and they barely posted pictures on there so I took it upon myself to try and make it as fun as possible, you know, do contest, uh, outreach to the nerdist or collider or, or, you know, actually outreach to like all the partners and, uh, go to movie premieres and try and have our statues and stuff out there. And like, uh, you know, reach out to the illustrators that created the style of the sculpt that, you know, just make it fun. Yeah. Um, as time went on, uh, I eventually, you know, the position that I had, I got to work on some movies uh, for like photogrammetry and all that stuff. But uh, I was always in the background trying to submit my own concepts or give my own ideas mm-hmm. or like uh, the one and only concept that ever got like greenlit or approved was uh, a part of this one um minibus toy line that they had created to kind of make a more economically available as they said a cheaper yeah. <laughs> cheaper version of their their minibus and essentially they just took the arms off and, and like made your it suggestion not no 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 that wasn't okay. my suggestion my suggestion since they were like the old grecian style minibus mm-hmm. Or, or busts uh, that we should do like a Roman emperor style. And like the oh. only character that I can think of that would be able to pull that off and still be their character was Deadpool. Mm-hmm. So I submitted a Caesar Deadpool concept and it got approved by Marvel. And, uh, you know, I, I was able to like help oversee the, the production and like the paint work and, uh, it was pretty cool. And I eventually awesome. was able to give Rob Liefeld one and hang out with him and, yeah. uh, Tim Miller. And, uh, yeah, that was like the first like official, all right, you got something produced. Yeah. I'm next? here. I'm ready. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know. Awesome. So you're behind yeah. the scenes and you're still mm-hmm. chipping away. You get this nice, this what 
what is like a taste of victory. Oh yeah. And like then you I start chasing, right? Dude, I like I didn't know how to really paint figures, yeah. but like on my lunch breaks, I sat with a paint crew, like the de- paint division mm-hmm. and learned every single thing that I could. You know, I'd bring in like old action figures or like a resin kit that I bought at Monster Palooza mm-hmm. and like, you know, I want to do this effect and like, you know, shout out to uh, Adam Greeley, Chase Zuma, you know, Scott Ackers, Mr. Beardy, all those guys. Mm-hmm. They really helped me a lot to to push forward my, my skill and like just make it a mess of things. <laughs> So I, you know, on my lunch breaks, I was visiting them and then like, you know, there's like the top tier sculptors in the business hanging out in cubicles. And of course, like me, I just go over and start talking to them. I'm sorry if I annoyed any one of you guys, but I just wanted to learn how to do this stuff. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, like it was training. It was like there was definitely no like support in that, like a lot of the the managers and like the the management uh was just like stay in your your lane uh stay in your cubicle like do not talk to other people but i made it a point to like just fucking break that rule yeah Yeah, come on man like we're making toys (laughs) what are you talking about (laughs) so at what point uh as you're going through here at what point did you kind of realize like man this isn't where i'm staying i need to get out of here and keep Um, going so the company Gel Giant, uh, like they got sold almost like a year or a year or two after I started working there, mm-hmm. and it was a slow decline of over corporatization. Like yeah. everything was way more formal. The life, like the little like light that was in the building, started to get sucked out, and like people started kind of like eating each other blaming each other for shortcomings and whatnot and uh it was just not an environment that I wanted to be a part of so I was like you know what there's other toy companies I a lot of the people that I do like are starting to leave and I don't want to be here for like the end like I I want to keep making cool stuff and I don't want to be beaten down by you um so I bailed I was like you know what I I'm gonna go so uh after that I had uh, worked for a couple smaller toy companies consulting with the, the knowledge that I did acquire working at Gel Giant. And slowly but surely, you know, uh, I started doing some prototyping. I started, you know, sculpting. I started painting for other people. Um, I started brokering jobs for other independent artists. Like, oh, dude, yeah. this guy needs a sculpt, you know. Uh, and of course, like at the beginning, I was bad at it. I was just like, hey, can you throw me a couple, like a hundred bucks for, yeah. for this $8,000 sculpt that you just did? Uh, and, you know, didn't have agreements signed or anything like that and yeah. kind of like crash and burned on a couple deals but uh you know just kept on trudging through until the point where I was like you know what um I've had uh CEOs of companies of the big ones like I'm we'll talk i don't want to name too many names because you know there's probably already some bad blood (laughs) i well actually i wouldn't say bad blood but like i am uh a character uh i i can be blunt and i i'm very energetic and i want to do things and 
and I acquire knowledge and information rather quickly. Yeah. So some, in some cases, some people think that is kind of a liability where, mm. uh, you know, I've had uh, resumes that were the manager of the division says, yes, I have a job for you. Mm-hmm. We want to hire you at the end of the month. And then they kind of look at my my sheet and everything and then radio silence. And that mm. was for all the big ones, like just all of them. Yeah. All of them. And, you know, I started asking, you know, my my friends, like, what what's the deal? They're like, oh, I don't know, man. I just, uh, I don't know, uh, something. I'm like, yeah. shit, who did I fucking piss off? Or what, what happened? Did I just not nail that interview correctly? And, you know, it got to the point where, like, I had so many uh, of these these companies say, like, you know, in order to make toys, you have to work for us, but we don't want you to work for us. And it, I'm Weird. like, was very punk rock about it. I was like, you know what? If I can't make toys with you, I'm just going to make toys with me and yeah. I'm going to do it myself. And, you know, got, went to Reynolds, uh, you know, advanced materials and talked to all the people there, learned uh, all the material data sheets and, you know, saw that, okay, this is how you do resin. This is how you do, yeah. uh, you know, the foam. This is how you do the, the, the chibi rubber and all that stuff. And I just started, you know, thinking of like a character. So I was like, what uh, year are we at right now? I think 2016. Yeah. Okay, 2016. So you, yeah. you have unconventionally absorbed so much knowledge Painting, sculpting, printing, yeah. like all yeah. these things. Yeah. No toy company wants you. Well, I, I don't know for sure. Maybe it was some <laughs> HR thing, yeah. but uh, let's just say the the I, I have personal cards from presidents of companies with their cell phone numbers, and they, they've handed it to me at shows. It's like, call me. I need to hire you. Oh, my and gosh. That, I love and that. And then nothing happened yeah <laughs> they talk to someone that's like well maybe not and you're like whoa hey yeah uh maybe me yeah mr man says yeah. it's a go so yeah like what's hr got to do with it <laughs> and then you get to you just immediately you you seem to have a mentality that it's like lead follow or like get out of my way but i'm gonna do what i want to chase yeah. after okay. yeah yeah and, and then you head to reynolds i head to reynolds and like pretty much on my way to reynolds i'm like thinking of like characters of you yeah. know what 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 am i gonna make like am i gonna do resin kits you know i can do resin kits i can you know screw around and make like a weird alien thing and try and hawk it at monster palooza with all the other guys trying to do that um which is awesome. I buy plenty of them. Uh, keep doing it. Keep doing it. I yeah. want all those resin kits. I'm not talking shit about any of you guys. Uh, but then it kind of like I had just done a Gamera montage, like movie uh, montage of yeah, just yeah. like I I watched every single one that I could without my eyes bleeding, <laughs> and. <laughs> And so, you know, typical LA fashion, I run into traffic on the way Mm -hmm. over trying to get some material. And then it was just like, oh, uh, what is the kaiju that I want to destroy all these cars in front of me so I can go get the material? And first it was camera, of course. Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay. I want camera. But, and then I was starting thinking like, 
you know, I, I actually want to make my own. My, like, I don't yeah. want to just do a, a bootleg or, or like a kit bash of, you know, a Gamera figure. And um, I started creating the story of just like, okay, this, uh, has there ever been like a, a kaiju story from like the kaiju's perspective and their inner voice? And there probably has prior to me thinking of Ragnar, but yeah. I wasn't exposed to it or know of any one of them. And if mm -hmm. you guys have recommendations, please send them my way. There but, um, and besides being another turtle kaiju, I was like, how can I make this guy different? Yeah. How can I make him a little unique? And so I started thinking of like the, the, the canon. Okay, mm -hmm. he's like part mecha. Okay, well, how did he get the cannon? Mm -hmm. And then after that, it was like I was at Reynolds. Uh, so I started gathering material. <laughs> you basically didn't even focus on driving. No, you no just... I, like I time travel all the time, man. Yeah. It, ADHD brand, like, Constantly. you know, like yep. it is a constant carousel of movies comic books uh flashes of just craziness all the yeah. time and, before we go any further yeah. you said kaiju yeah. um i know a little bit about kaiju how it's like mm -hmm. based on the japanese monsters and all that mm -hmm. stuff yeah. uh do you want to go in a little bit of depth uh in case someone's like what where what's kaiju how well, we... like like just the basics kaiju just means like big monster yeah and um for like your your layman it's like okay godzilla mm -hmm. godzilla fucking superman of the kaiju world like he he's a big monster he's a kaiju yeah so uh like with ultraman or like any of the super sentai stuff or like any of that like there are kaijus which are generally big monsters that come from the world mm -hmm. and you know there there's like some people that will be like oh well uh all of them are kaiju or like yeah. all the monsters that they fight well then there's the other people that are like no 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 those are aliens no 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 that's a celestial being yeah no yeah, no yeah. no that's like okay cool cool in my They're mind monsters, clifford yeah. the big red dog is a kaiju Oh, like. <laughs> that's the kaiju we need right there. And so you have this idea, you think of yeah. your head to Reynolds with yeah. the idea. Yeah. As And it's your first toy mm. that comes out. Yeah. And longevity, it's still here today. You're still producing things. Yes. Yeah. So boy, you, oh boy. <laughs> yeah. Like, what are you doing at Reynolds? Are you basically like, I have an idea. I want to do this. This is what it is one moment yeah i have to get the original one because uh like boy man my friends were so supportive and like <laughs> i look back at this thing and i'm just like okay Show me the so beauty. it's this guy oh i love it yeah i'm into it this thing weighs three pounds and it was 11 moly. 11 pieces that I individually casted and I made 25 of these as my first toy. You're sadistic. <laughs> <laughs> Are they all, is it jointed? So they move and everything? No, no, no. Oh. <laughs> it's a statue. <laughs> awesome. Okay. So, uh, yeah, my friends are just like, you've got an idea. Uh, go for it nobody's yeah. gonna stop you and i'm just like i'm gonna figure it out so uh mm, you know yeah. i essentially like i was so gung-ho of like you know uh 
and I still am to this day of mm-hmm. just like, and you, you kind of have to be yeah. with making something that this like with the longevity of just like, I know, I know what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. And I, I know the type of business that I want to create. And I know the, the type of things that I want to do, uh, producing toys, doing art galleries and blah, 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 everything in between. Yeah. But having that initial like confidence of like, no matter what I do, I just yeah. have to keep going and I will eventually get better. So with that in mind, I got a credit card. <laughs> I know where this is headed. I know where this is. Let's do it. Where are you going? And I maxed that shit out and essentially sent myself through toy making school of just getting all the material for this guy, buying ZBrush, buying a 3D printer, uh, getting all the paints, making the mistakes and losing my goddamn mind. Yep. Uh, But with with within all that, there there's those beautiful moments of like. I make the first model of Ragnar, which mm-hmm. which will become this guy, and having him 3D printed on a printer that I purchased, like this is all me, mm-hmm. and like having the first 3D print is like, oh my god, yep, oh my god, this and is no Christmas. one's as excited as you are, Mm-mm. right? Mm-mm. Okay, Mm-mm. Mm-mm. nobody, uh, other than like the other toy guys that yeah. are working for the larger companies are like yeah good job keep going punk rock but for for me it was fucking monumental like oh my god i did it so take that thing uh lean on a couple friends to help me clean it up gabriel garcia you are a number one with this shout out to gabe uh who he is the director of uh diamond comic collectibles right now or of production yeah Uh, so he helped me clean up you know some of the the original pieces and uh you know gave me some advice on like some molding and casting yeah and like a lot of the 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 advice that i got wasn't like people teaching me step by step mm-hmm. it was more of like i'm going to give you a little bit of advice and if you can run through this and if you get it i'll give you a little bit more yeah and uh so i ran with it and i started casting bought pressure pots, went on YouTube, learned how to yeah. make my own pressure pot with the infamous Harbor Freight $100 thing. Yeah, I got um, one right now. Like, yep. Oh, man. Mm. Uh, and there was a moment where I had put all this time and all like thousands of dollars mm-hmm. of materials and all this shit. And I had finished and I'm, and it was like a, a Saturday morning at like nine, nine in the morning. And there was like a little bit of a mist and I was probably uh, maybe a little lightheaded from all the crystal clear that I had sprayed. As we are. Over, yeah. yeah a, as you get. Yep. And I'm listening to, you know, epic John Williams soundtracks on, on uh, Pandora. Yep. And uh as I'm like sitting there, you know, just completely exhausted, the fucking Jurassic Park theme song comes on. And I fucking break down and start crying. I'm like, you beautiful fucking dinosaur. Holy shit. I love that. Oh, yeah. 
And like I had a corner at the designer con yep. uh, at, at, at that time. And uh, John Stokes, Spanky Stokes, mm-hmm. uh, saw that I was putting something together. And like he came over to the booth and he was one of the first guys that actually showed interest in it and like took his time for this crazy, insane person who yep. like he's like what is that yeah tell me about it man and he's such a supporter and super excited about all this stuff and yeah so thankful to to meet that guy and like i sold two at the show i sold two makes it worth it two and of course like i i took it and uh walked around the 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 whole convention asking people like hey can you give me a critique on this i like totally cool if you could tell me it's trash like Mm -hmm. you can say that to me like let me know how i can make it better yeah and like instantly it was just on to the next thing on to the next thing how do i get better how do i make this uh even cooler because i know it's a little rough Mm -hmm. it's it's always going to be my darling so it's going to be my first one yeah but yeah look look at those it's beautiful theme lines on those arms and i love those are the types of toys that i i love because it's like that's where this story starts that's the that toy it doesn't move but that toy Mm -hmm. is worth Mm -hmm. it oh yeah yeah how so, much uh, at your first designer card? How much did you sell that for? Uh, one hundred and fifty bucks. Okay. And I priced it out because trying to recoup caught... some stuff. Well, it was just like the amount of it's three pounds of fucking resin, and yeah, that's lot... not cheap. No, it costs pretty much like fifty bucks to make. To yeah, to <laughs> like for anyone listening, <laughs> the sample pack of most resins that you get from smooth on are 1.9 pounds yeah that takes two and a little bit more to make just one no i was buying gallons of this shit yeah (laughs) and getting it on my arms and getting resin burns and like you know i was wearing gloves but it would burn through the gloves and like uh geez man it was such a crazy learning experience i'm such an insane person but but you so so happy that I did it. And you started it and I'm always fascinated, right? So mm-hmm. you created this character. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming at this time you didn't know that it was going to go like to the point where we're 6 years later and you're still with this character in new editions, new waves and it has just well, alive. For for me, like I've always had the foresight of where I wanted to go. Okay? It it may not have been a, a guarantee of when. Yeah. I knew in my head most likely five years. And okay. Wow. Okay. From, from, from this point is like, if I can get past five years and eventually get a vinyl, mm-hmm. like within that five years success. Oh my God. Did you hit that mark? You I did, hit right? it early. I yeah. hit it early. <laughs> yeah. I couldn't, I never, yeah. because I entered the toy scene at 2020 and started seeing yeah. like all these things happening. Mm-hmm. I knew no one's backstory. So it's oh, okay. Dude. I'm glad that you yeah. hit it early. So like from, from the, the big beefy boy, I instantly was like, I never doing that again. Mm -hmm. So I started creating little chibis, like little, little super, yeah, cashies and stuff like that. Uh, you know, a basic drop mold, like two piece mold Mm -hmm. and, uh, something that I can reuse over and over and over and over again, do blanks, paint apps, uh, do cashy rubbers and, the first 
show that I did with the Chibis uh, was Robo Toy Fest, okay. which is actually coming up in, I think, on the 15th. Where at? Uh, uh, Pasadena. Okay. So it is a Robotech kind of G.I. Joe robot show, but it is a collector's show. So people go there to actually buy stuff. And okay, so I'm, I'm going to Pasadena in yeah, two weeks is what yeah, you're telling me. Yeah. Well, yeah. shit. It, okay. It is my favorite show that Scott Zillner puts on. And okay. Scott is, I, I don't know if you know Scott personally, but he does Pasadena Comic-Con, Power Morphicon, Robo Toy Fest, Japan World Heroes. Like the guy is a, a, you know, he's a big figure in the, in the, in the toy making community as well. Yeah. He's, he paints a lot of prototypes. He does a lot of the community outreach for Power Rangers. Like the guy's awesome. Really, yeah. really cool. Awesome. Uh, definitely somebody that if you haven't already scheduled, you should get him on here. He he would love to talk to you. I, this is word of mouth is how I get so many yeah. people and it's awesome. Yeah. yeah. So um, I, through the first iteration of Ragnar, like I knew where I wanted to go. I got a little mm -hmm. taste of production and uh, I knew at all costs that I would make this happen. No matter and, what it cost you or what it did no matter what it cost okay. what it did how long it was going to take i wanted to make a vinyl toy i wanted to do that that was like uh, a big goal for me and i and i had seen other guys like um javier who is another uh he was originally a resin guy and he makes uh this little character right here i don't know if it's oh yeah yeah, yeah. i've but seen yeah. that yeah um and he's got tons of other vinyls but like that guy like he pretty much like an, another person like in the toy community where like you ask like hey i need a little bit of advice and like he'll actually respond yeah. and talk to you about the process much like neil ewing or um mark nagata or you know all, all the other guys out there but uh you know he took the time and told me like yeah it's gonna be a lot of work you know you i like you kind of give that typical like newbie speech yeah. of just like, hey, unless you love this stuff or love it and are really determined to make something, this might not be for you because it is mm. expensive. It is time consuming. Yeah. And uh, especially in the upfront, it's financially not like. Uh, Can you say that one more time for the people in the back? <laughs> The upfront, the upfront is never. Yeah, the uh, upfront, man. Like I maxed out a credit card, and like you know, I'm still paying off the the little bits of that thing. Mm. I'm just like, but it's still fucking worth it for me. Yeah, and I am. <laughs> yeah, I am an insane person. Yeah, and uh, you know, once I set my mind to something, I am completely determined to do it and like achieve it uh but a lot of people don't have that grit and uh yeah. you know especially for something that is so involved as this because you gotta know how to you either gotta you you either get <laughs> sorry you gotta know how to sculpt or yeah. you got you gotta know somebody that knows how to sculpt and then from there, you got to know how to mold and cast, or you need to know somebody that knows how to mold and cast. It's always, it's <laughs> knowing so many people. I, I, my dad once told me that as a little kid, and I never understood it until I entered the toy community. Oh, dude, it's all about yeah. who you know. It's all about who you know. And, yeah. you know, there, 
unfortunately that you know in this community and pretty much every other community there, there is a lot of gatekeeping to knowledge yeah um you know a, a lot of the guys out there they see it as like a threat to their livelihood um and i, I which think, i get i get i i totally understand yeah totally get it i understand you don't want to give your secrets away because you're you're either making money on it or it's your livelihood of you know that's your paycheck i yeah. i get it um but uh if somebody is passionate mm. and somebody is determined and they're willing to put in the time and learn um give them a little something you know doesn't have to be you know the keys to the castle but yeah. like just a little bit of advice yeah so answer me this question yeah for some reason, you've brought up a couple times, um, yeah. and I want to dive into it. Why sure. is vinyl your end-all, be-all goal at that time? Well, at the time, um, and still to this day, uh, mm. I love the art form. I okay. just love the art form so much. Um, I think it's really versatile. Uh, you know, you can you know make essentially an action figure mm-hmm. uh, in vinyl. Um, you can have it articulate uh you can do and articulate better in most cases by the way yeah 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 and if you drop it it's not gonna break <laughs> don't try it don't try it. don't try it, it though yeah don't, try it. don't don't sue me uh, yeah. don't don't message me don't yeah. at me bro <laughs> <laughs> 30 year olds are not allowed to say that <laughs> um but i think they're just so much it's so much more fun um in in my opinion and like the the statues and resin like there is a place for that in my collection Mm -hmm. but uh i i definitely have a worry when picking up up those things but with vinyl like you know i can pick it up you know i can move the arms like i can move the head oh this is really really awesome this is really cool yeah um but i don't know just overall cool factor yeah (laughs) and honestly yeah I just, yeah, it's so it, good. It's so good. Um, I, I definitely like the, uh, the other artists that, mm. you know, I originally first saw, you know, uh, Mark Degata for sure. Yeah. Um, and that guy is a total sweetheart. And, um, I, he actually, I was fortunate enough to actually pick up a, oh, a paint app by him. Uh, nice That's little beautiful. custom that he did. If you because it's a podcast, if you if I post yeah. a video or not, it is like a holographic, yeah. beautiful Ragnar, almost like a iridescent oil slick, like so good. Yeah, so so good. That's what entices me the most about vinyl <laughs> figures. Uh, it's the the painting that can be done on. Yeah. It. So like uh, another thing that really interested me, uh, the more that I got into this, is that, uh, and I've talked about this on you know other. Like I, I think I was streaming with uh, Neil and uh, Waylon from Spamoni Toys. Yeah, yeah. Neil was. Awesome. Oh, Spamoni just put out yeah. some like his Kickstarter. Oh, phenomenal! Dopest, dopest, yeah. dopest thing. I I got five of those things. I'm gonna paint the hell out of them. And yep. like it, it's that situation of like you can buy a blank from somebody like an artist, mm-hmm. and you can give that blank to another artist in a different country or somebody that the original artist doesn't even know. Yeah. And you can have a collaborative piece together, somebody's sculpt and toy and somebody's paint app. And that could have probably never existed naturally. Yeah. You know, they, they're either in two different 
countries that don't speak the same language or don't uh you know fall into the same like toy making groups or or whatever but like i can give a friend a blank and be like hello friend can you paint this for me yeah with your awesome cool colors uh case in point uh my buddy serpico out in mexico Oh my God! The double cannon, double cannon, uh, Blastoise, Ragnar. This is so choice. It's it is amazing. Beautiful. This is so good. Definitely one of my my top pieces in my and collection. And who painted that one? Serpico. Uh, so you'll know him. I mean, if you just type in Serp uh, on Instagram, yeah, I'm sure it will come up. Maybe I should probably look up his. I got to do that right now because Serp nine three six 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 he goes by joe serpico but that's not his real name joe serpico yeah he is an amazing painter he's based in mexico uh he does a lot of amazing work i mean that guy is so talented with uh paints um and he just came out with his own uh i think it's gigo writer or something like that um but yeah, another weird, cool toy. I, um, so with vinyl and you and like you're starting to go through these iterations and you're heading towards vinyl. Yeah. Um, I, I'm fascinated by processes on this show. Mm-hmm. I don't know yeah. what the hell's wrong with me. I want to know the ins Dude, and outs. It's, it's crazy. One of, one of my favorite things, too. I, so, I'm an insane person when it comes to that. And I will talk process. <laughs> yes. OK, so. um it's because vinyl is different than resin, like with resin and bootleg figures. Yeah. Instagram, type that hashtag in. Yeah, yeah, I'll yeah. find every artist. Yeah. yeah. However, when you're working in vinyl and you want to get to vinyl, mm-hmm. finding a factory is mm-hmm. not as easy. Yeah. So, so, dude, uh, it took me three years before I was kind of like allowed a, a, kind of inkling of who I should talk to okay and um and it's not so much like gatekeeping but it's almost kind of like a rite of passage they want to make sure you're here in a weird way because um I'm sure the more time that you spend in the community like and like the more shows that you go to and you see the rise and fall of some of these artists and like you'll see a traditional 2d painter come out of the gate with a vinyl and it will cost 250 bucks Mm -hmm. and they get pissed that it doesn't sell they get pissed that you know nobody was clamoring for for that vinyl toy and then they sell it the next year at a severe discount and it just like is you know bad vibes bad juju like it's just not yeah overall like it's just disheartening and kind of like uh you know it's just not stuff that you want to like see like uh and they start uh bad mouthing vinyl collectors Mm. and creating drama that isn't there in the first place it's like dude you didn't create i mean you came out with a character a month ago or whatever and you started selling it and nobody knows who the hell you are you might be big in the painting 2d world and awesome if you want to make that transition awesome i highly encourage it do it do it do it do it but you really have to kind of like know your audience and Mm -hmm. know the people that follow you and if you're a character artist that transition might be a lot easier 
but if you're yeah. like an environmental artist or like an abstract artist and then you just start putting something it. together yeah it's not, not gonna be it but okay so factories like without let me yeah. preface this without yeah, yeah. giving away like because yeah. <laughs> i think that there are things that are rite of passage and i do love yeah. them. so yeah. without giving away crazy things describe what it looks like mm. to go through that process okay so for for me um for any artist regardless of field expertise you know architect or whatever like find a mentor find mm -hmm. an art mentor find somebody in the community that you respect find somebody in the community that um you know is active you know actually you know trying to promote or help out other artists you know especially you know if you find a mentor that you know you like their art uh and just start asking them questions yes, yes. show the interest show the initiative uh nobody else is going to do this for you unless you have a lot of money mm -hmm. and even then like even if you pay everybody off, you pay a sculptor, you pay an illustrator, you pay somebody to consult and contract manufacturing like myself, mm -hmm. uh, it will show in the end product how much heart and how much hand you had on the, on the thing. It will show how genuine yeah. like that that little bit of your soul transferring into that toy, like how much you had to do with it. Um, like producing a toy that way a lot of people do it mm -hmm. but you can see at the end result that it's like ah, this is yeah this is, this is somebody else's toy this isn't your toy this is somebody else's but um find somebody that you like their toys buy toys buy like actually go out look at how other toys are manufactured mm -hmm. have an understanding of how vinyl is pulled have an understanding of you know joint work have an understanding of like uh why why is this larger toy more expensive i mean larger toy cheaper than this smaller toy Mm -hmm. Well, it could be the number of parts, it could be the articulation, it could be the material that it's made out of, or the packaging, or the limited numbers, or the, like, there's so many different variables that you have to kind of educate yourself on. And if you have, like, a basic foundation of knowledge of, like, what toys are and, you know, kind of, like, them as a whole, then mm -hmm. people will actually start respecting uh, the effort that you're putting into understanding the art form. Yeah. And then they will start showing you how to produce in that art form. And some people, you know, I, I have an investigative background. Mm -hmm. uh, I have over 10 years, well, I think 12 years now as a field operative for a detective agency. So I know how to ask questions and I know how to find information and you just have to keep on pulling that thread yeah okay th this guy makes this okay he's associated with this production company mm -hmm. where's that production company well i gotta go find that Wh who's the contact at that production company yeah and send them an email and then send them an email <laughs> until you get an answer <laughs> yeah i can't tell you how many times yeah. i've done something like that on instagram <laughs> where i'm like they make this but i need this i need to go find someone oh it's, just, it, it's totally yeah. doable but like you also have to have like you know you have to be active in the community. You can't mm -hmm. just come out like out of left field yeah. and have people to take, like take you seriously. 
um, you know, I have definitely been shut down because mm-hmm. people don't know who I am. And I'm this crazy dude from California that's asking a whole bunch of questions. Yeah. And they're like, how do you know that? <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> like, uh, right now, one of my big things is pulling public records to track the uh, uh, containers that the larger companies are are shipping overseas and finding the factories that way and finding That's out such a good way to do that <laughs> holy crap but 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 the, the catch is some of those factories use fake names so you have to start cross-referencing with other producers and other cre- i'm giving too much away now. yeah <laughs> what's been weird is yeah. um because i i work in 375 usually uh-huh. um and i've thought about going kaiju status like building uh-huh. a but I'm not there. I, I yeah, don't yeah, want to yeah. be there yet. And um, it's funny because I will like I function under Yucko Toy. So in my head, uh-huh. I'm like, I need to figure out when yeah. I get to a point, do I want people, do I want a factory to start like doing this and injection mm-hmm. molding and stuff? Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I couldn't, I, I was like, ah, like into the universe, like I need this to happen. Mm-hmm. Well, my toys on tap account was getting message after message from all these factories that were like, mm. do you know anyone that needs injection molding? And I'm like, I'm not be, working with you. <laughs> you <laughs> gotta be careful easy. of that shit. Yeah. You gotta be really careful of that shit. Um, like they are and can be predatory. It uh, feels that way when they message me. Yeah. Um, so a lot of these places have like, biggest one that is throwing the most like false weird accounts is shenzhen r&d everybody's got an email and a message from those guys every that might actually be the company that sent me the message it it would be like zn r&d or zzn or or something like that but they have like a whole army of outreach people and i've seen some of the toys that they've made and some have been okay okay but for the most part, uh, like you're gonna have to really cross-reference their production. You can't just take them at face value, and you have to make sure that uh, there is some sort of like known connection there. Yeah. So like so and so got a toy produced by you. I'm a friend of so and so. Like don't like I'm gonna send yeah. you ten thousand dollars to produce my toy. Don't just yeah. run away. Uh, <laughs> yeah i will find you yeah 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 yeah. it's definitely like that and you know i've heard the horror stories you know from every part of the industry of like oh i found this excuse me sorry i found this cheap guy in uh southeast asia he's only charging me two dollars per unit and Mm. you know the mold setup is like half the cost blah 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 and i sent him the money and i haven't heard from him in six months like yeah you you won't don't worry you won't sorry buddy yeah sorry buddy just kiss that money goodbye (laughs) i uh yeah i think about that stuff constantly yeah uh, because i just i i i take too long to pull the trigger on certain things yeah yeah so for me it took i don't know how to 3d sculpt and so Mm -hmm. i'm working on a character that needs to be Mm -hmm. 3d sculpted Mm -hmm. So I prototyped it and did everything. And it took me months to figure mm-hmm. out which 3D sculptor I wanted to work with. And it was like, I had to go through several people yeah. and do that cross-referencing uh-huh. to make uh-huh. sure that that person was good. Yeah. 
and it came out great so uh, yeah awesome. oh awesome awesome yeah awesome and like there's uh like different you really have to understand the the craftsmen like the the yeah. person doing the work uh you definitely don't want a line artist to paint you a renaissance style painting right you don't want a person who creates video game models sculpting you a toy because mm -hmm. they <laughs> It's just like, sure, yeah. would it look amazing? Yes. Is it watertight? And is it the joints work? Like, no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you you have to use the appropriate person uh for each project that you you take on. And um there's like with factories, there's a lot of brokers out there that pretend that they're company, like they're production companies. And yeah. it's just some dude in an office on Instagram messaging people <laughs> and getting that money, <laughs> getting that money. So you that that finding the factory is probably the longest part for you in yeah. this Ragnar process. Yeah. And once you did. What is that? Pro it's like prototyping, send back. I don't like that. I do like that. No. Uh, right? Well, the, the factory that I worked with was reasonably easy to work with. But um, so through leaving gentle giant and then up until the first prototype of ragnar i yeah. i had kind of like gotten a lot of practice in working for other artists and like working for other smaller companies of like understanding joint work and like uh the sizing differences of production yeah. and like how it's gonna pull and so by the end of it like i had a perfect prototype and all I needed to do was send them the file. They 3D printed it, yeah, 3D printed it uh, at their factory. They casted it in wax, which is mm. like the first yeah. part of the, of, of the soft vinyl. And they sent it to me and they're like, hey, this is how it's going to look. And I was like, do it. Just, yeah. Like, yeah what are you waiting yeah, for why just, did i get this like, message thank you thank you very much i appreciate that yeah. everything looks good and um they created the molds and you know a couple months later they started pulling vinyl and you know they'll, they'll send you pick like depending on how you want to work um you can be very hands-off and just mm -hmm. like whatever they send me is whatever they send me mm -hmm. uh but like with you can't. dude you have to be with factories because mm -hmm. there is no room for interpretation with the like with these guys mm -hmm. you have to be exact like if it's not exact how you want it you have to really spell out how you want it give direction <laughs> measurements color pantones everything in between to make sure that they understand that the button on this is sideways not this way like yeah. you just have to make sure every single one of those details is correct because otherwise they they're they don't care this no. is like to fucking get it done get it yeah on, they have 10 more orders behind yours they mm -hmm. have to get this done you didn't say anything, so you've got <laughs> 400 yeah. toys at your house that look wrong because you didn't say anything. Yeah. So, um, yeah. <laughs> Jeez. So you order, like, you get to the point where you order, they arrive. Describe yes. that feeling. Describe the feeling you're opening the boxes Dude. of just craziness. So, Which, uh, do they come in boxes of, like, this is only the right arm, this is only the left arm? Every factory works a different way. Oh, Every bummer. factory has a, a different capability and some 
it that's fine like yeah. some will assemble and package in boxes or, or bags for you mm-hmm. and you have a complete figure ready to put a header cart on and sell yeah uh other factories you know if you want to save on shipping they'll set they'll put everything in a big old box loose in parts and mm. just send it that way scary so i kickstarted ragnar in the middle of the pandemic early 2020 and uh you know i didn't know how it was gonna go i was just like i got to this point i have to pull the trigger mm-hmm. um kickstart it and see wherever the chips may fall that's where they'll be Mm -hmm. so uh it got some action and then a little bit of a lull like every kickstarter and then the day started counting down and then it got funded and i was like yes yeah all right awesome money in the bank i can make this toy sell it give it to all you guys cool thank you i couldn't have done it without you. yeah it's like a tear (laughs) oh yeah thank you so So, uh you know once you send that that money over to China or, or wherever you're getting it manufactured, Taiwan, like Singapore, Vietnam, wherever. Um, it's like, you have to let go. Yeah. It's, you do your best to try and do your due diligence to, to make every safe choice and educated and experienced choice to get this thing produced. Mm-hmm. And, but once that money is out, it's gone, it's, it's gone. You just kind of have to, wait yeah and i wasn't thinking about it i was working on other stuff i was working on other toys for other people doing prototyping Mm -hmm. and then i got a notification from the the factory and he sends me tracking information i'm like oh Mm. cool awesome it's 14 boxes that are 30 by two by two wow yeah (laughs) wait wait wait, i don't know okay 30 by two by two. That box is like a giant. Square. It's like a coffin coffin. It's yeah. like a fucking coffin. Okay. For like 14 of those. Yeah. And uh FedEx is telling me that it's showing up now. <laughs> so I was at work. Yeah. Uh and I luckily enough, like I got off and like started driving down because all this stuff is shipping to my house. And the FedEx guy is just sweating his ass off yeah. and just fucking, hey buddy, hey. Yeah. It's like, sorry. Yeah, this is your job. Chill yeah, out. It, you work there. Yeah. <laughs> Boxes, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Logistics, I guess. Yeah. Uh, I'll try Jeez. and make them lighter the next time. <laughs> uh, and I just had boxes. boxes 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 and i just started pulling them into my house and creating like a giant wall and i just okay all right you know out of breath sweat i'm hot and just like all right start opening them okay oh shit oh my god here's an arm Mm -hmm. okay here's the upper arm here's the shell here's this here's that here's that and then grabbed a heat gun and started putting it all together and as soon as you explain that piece to me because i don't know vinyl much is that so it makes it looser so you can pop it in so with vinyl um once heat hits it it starts to become more malleable Mm -hmm. and um the rigidity it becomes almost like a dog chew toy Mm -hmm. and depending on how the joints are and all that stuff um you heat up the the joint which is almost looks like a cone like a Mm -hmm. reverse cone and you're able to kind of like fold that and place it into the shoulder joint like where it's supposed to go yeah and then just leave it there and 
for the most part with like a little bit of jiggling or whatnot it will pop back into right. place and then over time it will cool and become more rigid again great so okay. if you left this thing in your car on the the dashboard it will be like squishy it would be like but it will um, go back to what it was it will, yeah it will go back to what it is okay. um and with like when you get a big old box of vinyl um and especially if it's in parts sometimes the parts are kind of warped okay so you have to heat them up and like kind of move them and stretch them well not like stretch but like you know bend them so that it's actually looking like your character rather than like a smashed car crash yeah so i got all the pieces together hit it with a a heat gun for a little bit put it all together and you know i i don't i don't plan on having kids okay but it's the first thing that like you know this is the first thing of like bringing something into the world yeah uh, i'm just like <laughs> i'm gonna clip that just for the yeah. show yeah it's fine yeah. <laughs> but mm-hmm. like uh yeah like having him him like ragnar like, yeah he's my little kaiju buddy man you did it yeah like oh i i got like I, i'll tell you the truth that night um i got uh in and out like a nice little cheeseburger you know oh, yeah. like happy little me and then i put on my favorite childhood movie uh that was it was rocketeer and then after that i hit uh transformers 1986 there we go and so it was me and ragnar in my bed eating snacks and i was just like the, the life can't get better yeah. this is this is amazing look Hell at me yeah. oh my god this <laughs> <laughs> so all those boxes get there you start throwing them together yeah. and then that is 2021 ish yeah i i i would say no 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 um late 2020 I, oh damn i i probably have to go back to my instagram um that was following the kickstarter correct yeah it was following the kickstarter but i did have it at one designer con you had a, a table of them at this last designer con you know what it was 2021 when they when they all arrived at least I, i'm pretty sure they did okay uh i'll i'll correct myself if uh i can't 49 weeks ago what's that Oh, not even a year. Or, wait, hold on. That that was actually damn. Hold on, I lied. Sixty nine weeks sixty nine weeks ago. So okay. a, a year and some change. So twenty twenty ish. Ish. Yeah. Awesome. So they they get funded. They ship. You start mm-hmm. building them all. Mm-hmm. And then packaging. You have. Uh, was did your partner design the header card? No. Um. So I got uh John Bellotti, Robo mm-hmm. Seven, the infamous John Bellotti. Uh, he does a lot of amazing work for, uh, you know, a lot of toy designers. He does a lot of Godzilla prints. Uh, he does a lot of Ultraman licensed Ultraman work. Mm-hmm. Um, he works on TV and movies, but uh, he loves toys and loves kaiju. So yeah. uh, I saw one of his prints and I was like, hey man, can you draw Ragnar <laughs> for me, please? He's like, oh yeah, of course, yeah. I love that conversation. <laughs> yeah. Hey man, if you if you have hey, time. Dude, yeah. 
if you <laughs> can you help me out yeah so i got the t-shirt designed by him and or or that design mm-hmm. uh, done by him and it was the t-shirt and uh the guys who did the t-shirt was holy mountain printing mm-hmm. and uh they said, hey, you know what? Like, we love this artwork. Do you have anybody making your header cards? Mm-hmm. I said, no. And so they printed my my first initial run of, uh, well, sorry. Uh, they put the artwork together for the header card, mm-hmm. and I, I printed it. Um, but it was John Bellotti, Mr. Mr. Robo7. Killed it. Looks great. Dude, 90s, comes- 80s, video yeah. game, heavy metal that's just something like the lightning you feel like the yeah i own the shirt i loved Mm. getting the shirt Mm. i don't know if you know this i did meet you this last designer con yeah i remember you yeah i for sure like in my my wife said so i had ragnar in my hand Mm. and my wife had said before i'd left she was like hey don't like this is your first designer con maybe don't go crazy (laughs) and like and just wait like yeah. six months. And if you yeah. still want these things, then go crazy. So I was like, okay. Words of wisdom. Words yeah. of wisdom. <laughs> I was like, deal. But I will yeah. be buying shirts wherever yeah. they sell them because I yeah. still want to support. Yeah. So I get the shirt and it's in like the header card, the way that it is. And yes. I put so a header rad. card on the bag. So and yeah, like I, I haven't really seen anybody else do that, but I, I thought it was uh a, a cool idea like if people can't get the 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 vinyl um then yeah. they'd still get like a similar packaging and like still have that big ragnar illustration and the big yeah. letters like the ride the lightning album by metallica yeah. hell yeah <laughs> so with all this you're going to designer con you, you go to these different cons yeah you've produced ragnar mm-hmm. you've done your due diligence you mm-hmm. are working forward now with like sending them off to other artists they're painting all that stuff yeah where are you headed oh man like i've got so many figures that are in the works right now i've got probably eight toys for other customers that i'm producing that you know i'm waiting on factory quotes and kickstarters to get launched um you know i've got the comic book for ragnar we've got about 15 issues written mm-hmm. um i finally found the uh artist that i want to work with uh kevin catalan yep. and he does i think it was space knights uh i have terrible memory but i think it's space knights but the dude's awesome yeah. very raw and crazy style love it C- amazing colors perfect for this character yeah um Ragnar has been in a video game, uh, Daikaiju Dekessen. So uh, it's on Steam, so okay. you can play him as a unlockable character. Uh, you know, I want to make animated shorts of Ragnar. I mm-hmm. think the story that we've put together for Ragnar and the Ragnar world uh, is really, really, really cool um and like if you got time i can talk to you a little bit about that yo uh, this is your ep- yes yes, yes <laughs> well yes. i don't I, well i don't know how much time you want to spend on each little thing or how much Let's time do you it. actually have ragnar was my like the 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 yeah. climax of this so yeah. you spend okay yeah so, so let's talk that world i I, that. I will get derailed plenty of times uh with trying to explain 
the world in yeah. its entirety and there's going to be jumps in timeline and uh just let me know if i'm just no worries like ask questions and yeah that will that will correct my trajectory sounds good so um uh where do we start where do we begin okay so um in this world uh that ragnar lives in uh so we're gonna go a little bit in the beginning then we're going to go forward and then we're going to go back again mm -hmm. so uh in this world um there are four wizards that kind of oversee the the harmony of life on this mm -hmm. planet and it's not earth it's just you know a planet i have yeah. come up with a name terra probably there I don't we know. go uh so there's the funk wizard the heavy metal wizard, the synth wizard, and the jazz wizard. And they kind of all form this jam band where they, you know, make sure everything's working and like make, and they protect the world. Uh, they make sure that there's no chaos or like, you know, anti creatures rolling around, screwing things up. Um, but there's also a cast of like evil characters within that world that's trying to usurp them to take over the world. Mm -hmm. And one of which is the harp wizard. And he was one of the wizards that uh, couldn't get into the band just because of how lame he is. Yeah. So think uh, Grima Wormtongue from Lords of the Rings. Like yeah. that, that kind of wormy, <laughs> weird character. Yeah. So um back in the day when when like the the height of the wizards uh there is a character called skelly king and skelly mm -hmm. king is a interdimensional world conqueror and he comes down uh to the planet and it's the next planet in line for him to take over mm -hmm. so he starts opening up you know dark portals and you know getting his demon hordes to start uh, ravaging the land, pull the resources, and the the wizards band together and fight Skelly King and banish him essentially mm -hmm. from all the physical plane of existence. Now, with that fight, each one of the wizards kind of becomes broken in a way, mm -hmm. and um, the band breaks up and they split up, and uh, the world as it evolves and as it ages starts to decline and become more chaotic you know rifts of chaos start sprouting up throughout the land there's demons and there's aliens that are attacking there the kaiju are more rampant and mm -hmm. crazy and like in this world all this stuff exists like yeah uh so kaiju are kind of like you know megafauna like mm -hmm. they're they're not everywhere they're uh but they are common you know they're, are they're the kaiju around. they live here or are they created by these wizards so they live there okay. so they're like some kaiju are revered as like protectors like there's like a, a a giant you know crab kaiju that protects a sea city from like you know all the like you know all the other crazy animals that like to attack that place for all the yeah. food but then there's you know deranged or uh insane kaiju that are you know on the opposite side of that spectrum where they actively attack cities because you know maybe the the humans or the inhabitants of that city kind of encroached on its uh, protectorate mm -hmm. and so they're always warring yeah so there's uh uh so all that stuff is kind of boiling up and many years go by um and eventually uh 
the world as they know it forget about the wizards or they fall into seclusion that so much time has passed that no like they might be legends they might Mm -hmm. be like oh yeah there was that one guy that did that one thing and nobody can quite remember almost like their religion i i don't i don't know about religion i i I think more of like uh you know king arthur or or like the these fantastical Mm. characters that may or may not have like you know they were there Mm -hmm. um the myth is is more well known than the actual person yeah um so when ragnar arrives um ragnar is born you know in the this crazy time where uh the heavy metal wizard is back on the scene creating problems kind of more like a drifter that's kind of really forgetful very Mm self-centered and just you know bitter that nobody knows who he is anymore and he was like the front man of the band he was Mm -hmm. the main guitarist main singer you know he's got that that whole attitude behind him like i am the greatest don't you remember me like but he's like a burnt out musician yeah um so uh he just starts creating chaos and havoc and part of it is uh what, what kind of kicks this all off and uh starts ragnar down this path is that he calls upon tira kyofu which is like this other kaiju that i've made um and this yep, is the, here we go the prototype of oh Mr. he's badass yeah and so he is like a dormant kaiju. He, he is definitely one of the ones that uh, is more aggressive mm-hmm. and determined to destroy things. And uh, the heavy metal wizard gets kicked out of a bar in Mecca City. And he does like a beckoning spell to call Terra Kyofu to destroy Mecca City. Is he, and well, he's a drunk <laughs> wizard summoning yes. a kaiju? Yes. Yes. <laughs> I love that. Yes. And we we made uh, a comic book, uh, it, Ragnar issue zero, to illustrate th- this whole happening of like the start of like the catalyst to the yeah. the, the apocalypse essentially. I love and, that. And uh, so Mecha Man, uh, who is the what what I like to call power guardians, like they they are protectors of the cities mm-hmm. and um, uh, of like the humans and other inhabitants. Uh, he's their main guy uh so mecha man has gone through all this training gone through these special programs to make him a a super soldier and with the he was the previous wielder of the power gauntlet the, Mm -hmm. the cannon that ragnar has and part of it is uh part of getting the cannon is you have to sacrifice your arm you mm. have to actually get it removed so that the cannon can integrate with your biology and integrate into your your nervous system and every, everything. Yeah. Um, and the cannon itself s- stores all the memories from all the previous users. Mm. So every single user that had the so cannon good. before him, uh, before Mecha Man, he consciously can talk to them. Mm-hmm. Like they, they are all available to come and talk to them and give them advice on how to fight certain things or uh, lean on them for whatever reason. Yeah. So 
Mecha Man fights Terry Kyofu. Uh, the battle wages on, and if you read the comic, you know what's going to happen. Uh, they fight essentially to the death. Mecha Man does uh, the red line and does the predator. Like, you know, if I got to save the city, if I got to kill myself doing it, I'm going to do it. So yeah. he blows himself up with Terry Kyofu, and the cannon goes flying off into the distance. Mm-hmm. Ragnar. Uh, going back to Ragnar. Uh, He is essentially living like a little peaceful life at Mm -hmm. this time. He's just growing up. He's eating a lot of food, all this stuff. And uh, what most people in this world uh, know about, uh, so Ragnar is what's called a terror turtle. Mm -hmm. And um, terror turtles are in in this like mythos is like a unicorn it a sky dragon uh like it's something that shouldn't exist or it's so crazy that uh and so unique that nobody knows where they actually are anymore Mm -hmm. and in the olden times they were highly sought over because they they're shells and everything were so strong and blah 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 but um the crazy thing about the terror turtles is that once they reach a certain age, they completely adapt to their environment. Mm. So if they live in a more volcanic area, then their shells will become more armored. They can actually be fire resistant or, or whatever. Their powers would, would adapt to that yeah. uh, certain environment. If they were close to the sea, longer flippers and all that kind of stuff. So where is our current Ragnar? The one that you've built, where do you envision so, that he's at? So Ragnar is just about to start adapting and uh so like like the the vinyl like this version or or in the or in the story uh both okay so so in the story he is just on the verge of like making his adaptation like his growth and um he goes he he sees all these other kaiju destroying cities and so he thinks to himself like oh I want to be like those guys. Those guys are like me. I got to destroy my city, like my, yeah. my first city. So he goes to this, uh, essentially, we call it the market town. It, mm-hmm. It's like a little farmer's market town. <laughs> and he goes in there, he starts knocking trash cans over and destroying some stuff. And like, he's maybe the size of like a Volkswagen bug at, okay. at this time. So he he's like a fucking hippo or yeah. like, you know, he's knocking stuff over, but he's a baby. Yeah. Um, he's a little kid. And uh, the protectors of that city are called the Ultra Bros, and it's like a of like the visual mat- mashup is like the Beastie Boys from the Intergalactic music video mm-hmm. with Ultra Ultraman. Love so, it. <laughs> so uh, these guys suck. They're they're mm-hmm. not cool. They're they're jocks. They are bullying citizens and like you know stealing food and trying to take over the city and ragnar shows up and they're like oh what what the hell is this like Mm -hmm. you're not even a real fight so they beat the crap out of ragnar and they chop off his arm and then they kick him to the curb and so ragnar is dejected and you know he's trying to go back to his little cave and on the way back to his little cave he finds the power gauntlet And the power gauntlet instantly attaches to his arm and starts integrating itself into his body. And 
every way, shape, or form, this is not supposed to happen. Yeah. It is not supposed to happen. So Ragnar is now caught in this place where he is constantly being hunted by all the humans or at least mecha city Mm -hmm. because they want to get that cannon back it's an ancient human weapon used to kill kaiju and then all of his kaiju friends and people that he i mean other creatures that he knows are afraid of him now because he is essentially wielding death like he has death on his arm and uh he is stunted in his growth and over the course of the story, you start to learn that um, the thing that Ragnar uh, is adapt, like his evolution or his adaptation is going to be, is entropy, chaos incarnate. Okay. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. So, but still uh, has like a hippo size because. So at that, at, the, at that time. Yeah. So. Um, the mechanics in the story in the world it, for Ragnar is, you know, the more energy that he has, the the larger he becomes. Mm. And so the more that he eats, the larger he becomes. Yeah. What he eats changes the powers that he actually has. If he eats a whole bunch of fire lizards, he can breathe fire. If he does yeah. this, he can do that. Like, you know, there, there's a whole bunch of yeah. that cool stuff. So um, mm. at this point, Ragnar has got this cannon and then he's found by uh, this uh, robot, which we are calling Beatbox. And Beatbox is uh, this robot that was created by Dr. Hammer and Dr. Hammer wanted to destroy the world. And Beatbox essentially gets all of his energy and all of his power from uh, this thing called the malice transmitter. Mm-hmm. And essentially, since the world is in chaos and there's so much bad energy all around, the malice transmitter gathered like a solar panel gathers that evil, bad energy and transforms it into uh, the energy that powers beatboxes, cannons, and whatnot. Um, when they first turned beatbox on, it went from like, 10%, 20% power, 30% to a thousand to 20, like 2000. Like it was just going off the chart yeah. because the world is so crazy and so evil. And Dr. Hammer takes a giant wrench and breaks the malice transmitter. Mm-hmm. And in the process, beatbox kills Dr. Hammer. And uh, it is now only operating at 20% malice. Okay. So he's just an asshole. Yeah. Like he. <laughs> Just a little bit. Yeah, of just an a little bit of an asshole. Yeah. So Beatbox meets up with Ragnar. He's got this like this itch to destroy. Mm-hmm. And he sees Ragnar, this chaotic kaiju, essentially entropy incarnate. And he makes it his mission to try and make Ragnar the best kaiju that he possibly can and the most destructive, the most. chaotic and the most learned and so as they're going throughout the world they meet up with the heavy metal wizard the heavy metal wizard uh sees the cannon and then they get into other crazy adventures trying to fend off the the harp wizard and everybody else in between the harp wizard uh has a plot to uh revitalize skelly king and bring him Mm. back from the dead so we have nitro nicander who is like a huge uh 
you know, road warrior, Mad Maxi type dude, yeah. uh, who's got a coliseum where he makes a giant mechs fight with kaiju. Then there's the sorceress who's kind of like a multiple face character that plays politicians and evil queens and is always tricking people into like uh, contracts and stuff like that. And then there's wraith who's like uh essentially a demonic vampire who has existed before the wizards and has been watching them and plotting against them the whole time and they each bring a little evil aspect to then eventually bring skelly king back to life okay and it's the whole story of like everything in between (laughs) i the story is chaos and i love that i love it there's yeah I love the idea that there's a world where kaijus exist. Mm-hmm. They're mm-hmm. all around. They see each mm-hmm. other. Mm-hmm. There's defenders. There's humans. Yeah. I love all of that. Yeah. Like, I, we, I'm so insane with this stuff. I mean, at least I think so. Like, I started creating the, the economic systems the way that they send mail yeah uh like we we have to we created this thing called the bond and parcel where essentially you're bonded to your package and your whole existence is like if you do not deliver the package you die (laughs) like (laughs) because there's no like like the power lines and there's no internet there's no because there's giant kaijus and giant fights and like huge tsunamis and earthquakes disrupting everything there's no like constant lines of communication so they have to essentially bond these people to deliver these messages and it could be food it could be directions it could be whatever and then i i've also created the the kaiju brawlers club which is going to be another toy line within the the ragnar world yeah and essentially that is like uh a contracting protective service where anybody and everybody has a level that you can get to and like uh if you're level one you're essentially like shooing away a large elephant you know size kaiju or or fixing that problems Uh, other like when you get to like level 10 you're fighting like godzilla essentially and you can be an intergalactic being you can be a mech you could be a five-piece super sentai group like everybody is like getting contracted out by the city or or by a person or whatever uh to kind of like ease things yeah but uh oh there's so much more i love that there's just so much more (laughs) (laughs) so with all of that yeah uh so uh the comics and stuff they're coming soon yeah um and are you planning on releasing like steady release or just one giant like well yeah i'm so i've been really into uh revisiting and recollecting like a lot of my childhood stuff and one of those things would be like the old 90s manga that viz and eclipse produced and hell yeah i love that square bound 45 to 60 page Mm -hmm. issue like comic so i think we're going to be going that size book and it's going to be a steady release okay and you know multiple story arcs we've we've got kind of this fun little plan where we're actually so there's issue zero, which is already out. You can get mm-hmm. it on our website, lastfashionstudio.com. And uh, we were going to be doing, so that's the day Mecha Man died. Okay. But each, we're, we're going to do eight other uh, issue 0.1 or 0, 
0.2 or whatever. And it would just be from different perspectives of that day from all Mm. these other characters that we have. And there's also another character called Dreaded Fred, who is an intergalactic space barbarian who is banished to the void by Skelly King. And the heavy metal wizard is trying to play a beckoning spell to get his coffee off of the coffee table and like bring his coffee to him but instead he rips open time and space and pulls this intergalactic space barbarian this dream berserker (laughs) into the world and then he becomes friends with ragnar and beatbox and etsuko all these other characters and uh you know, we, we want to produce all of it. We want to make toys. We want to make a uh, short animated series, all yeah. that stuff. That's a massive toy yeah. line. I'm oh so yeah. Stoked for it. Oh yeah. Like been working. Yeah. <laughs> been working on it. So the, I just don't even know. Like I know there, there's a lot. And usually when people talk to me, it just ends up being like this, just like, ah, what? It's something okay. I would read. It's something yeah. I would watch. It's something I'd play with. I think yeah. what's fun about Ragnar is it's like this massive size that like my nephew giving it to him, he would love to play with it. Mm-hmm. It's a toy that I could say like, yeah. Hey, you can play with this. Yeah. And learn the history. Cause you got to read the comics. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, we, I mean, it has been a roller coaster of all that. And I'm glad that you are able to like, almost like just articulate. Yeah, we got here. It took us this yeah. long. Yeah. No big deal. Yeah. But th- we're not stopping. Oh, we're, we're definitely not stopping. Um, you know, my business partner, Wes, uh, you know, he's already producing some other comics, uh, that we've yeah. got going on the Luchador series, which is kind of like Breaking Bad meets, uh, Lucha Underground. And, mm-hmm. um, that whole series is pretty rad. Like I'm in it every single day when we're talking. So I know the characters a lot more intimately, but like, go out and check that thing out on our website. It's free right now. So you can check that and read some awesome Luchador crime thriller drama stuff uh we're going to be doing more toys for that uh for that property as well um and yeah like producing toys we're going to be doing toy shows we're going to be doing a uh gallery showing with a couple different artists hopefully in october if everything goes correctly uh we're going to be calling it soft final showdown Mm -hmm. um so be on the lookout for that um yeah like i've I'm looking into getting the equipment to pull soft vinyl in Los Angeles. I'm like trying Uh-oh. to do everything like, yeah. um, you know, and then become a manufacturer for other people. Yeah. I mean, I, I broker deals for other people already uh, with the, the factories that don't have those type of people in the U S um, yeah. for resin uh polystone statues vinyl uh injection molding blow molding all that kind of stuff i i just found five factories and vetted them for plush so i can do plush now uh that's so rad like if you want to create something like i want to help you do it like i just love making cool stuff and if people are passionate and have a really awesome idea like i would definitely want to help that is rad. I'm glad that you went this route at the end of this because the last part yes. of the podcast mm-hmm. is all about you 
and everything that's coming up and all that stuff. And it's just a cool way to plug everything you got going yeah. on. Well, there's a lot. Um, so uh, again, Twitch, we're, we're trying to do a small little uh, toy show for Soft Final Showdown with a couple yep. different artists. That's going to be coming later this year. We've got a plethora of toy shows and comic book conventions that we're going to be going to. Uh, Monster Palooza, uh, Robo Toy Fest, uh, Emerald City, uh, Designer Con. We're sponsoring some wrestling shows in May as well. Uh, we're yes. like, we're, we're, we're doing it all, man. Like, uh, damn, there, there's so much. Like, follow us, uh, check our Instagrams out, and you know, you can always email us and hit us up and ask us what we're doing, and we'll let you know because we're kind of the worst sometimes when it comes to posting. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Yeah. That, that's intense. Uh, I, I'll have to find it. I can't remember where it is. There's an underground. I'm in San Diego. Oh, nice. Okay, There's cool. Underground. Um, luchador like fighting thing that happens in san diego yeah 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 um is it lucha underground or I, or is it lucha Boom? Or i don't know i just got so excited okay. i saw a bunch of um Dude. little people in luchador masks and i was yeah i got lost the, the minis yeah they, they call them the minis um they're so awesome like yeah. if i highly recommend going to a luchador wrestling show oh so yeah good. so good well <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for being on Toys on Tap. I can't thank you enough. Dude, thank you so much for having me. And like, you know, I I really appreciate you taking the time and hitting me up and talking with me about all the craziness that I do and uh, <laughs> hearing me rant about all the stuff in my life. And I'm super happy and thankful that the community does have somebody like yourself that is creating a, a platform for other lunatics like myself to speak to the masses. There we go. There we go. <laughs> now until forever. I love it. I Yeah, I. it's a love thing i i tell people that this is my yeah. offering to the toy gods dude yeah yeah like it, it thanks i like I, I really can't say much more than that but thank you Toys on Tap. Next episode. It's great. It's amazing. You're going to want to listen to it. It's not right now, though. You're going to have to wait till the next episode to listen to it. Oh, when's that? The next one. Cool. Toys on Tap. The next one's going to be good, too. So stay tuned and, and, and listen to that. Toys on Tap. Awesome.